welcome to So What's a Problem, the podcast in which we rewatch movies from our youth to determine if they're problematic by today's standards. I'm Jimmy. And I'm Jen. Today we'll be discussing Short Circuit, which was released on May 9th, 1986 in the US and December 5th, 1986 in the UK. It was written by S.S. Wilson and Brent Maddock and directed by John Badham. It stars Ali Sheedy, Steve Gutenberg, Fisher Stevens, Austin Pendleton, G.W. Bailey, and the voice of Tim Blaney. What's going to happen is this. Jen and I have thought of three problems that this movie has, three each, and we've also thought of a positive, and we're just going to have a little discussion about it. Jen, do you have any history with this movie? I can't remember. Yeah, I, I mean, I saw it when I was a kid. I feel like I watched it a lot, you know, walked around saying, uh-huh. hey, laser lips, your mama was a snowblower. Yeah. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I watched it a lot as a kid. I've seen it maybe once or twice as an adult, so I didn't mm-hmm. remember it super well. Um, But yeah, I... I like most 80s kids, I watched it a lot. I, I think it's one of those that I didn't necessarily seek out. Usually, mm-hmm. it was just, if it was on TV, I'd watch it. Yeah, I um I honestly can't remember how I first saw this movie. I think it was in VHS. I think it was. Um, I think I watched this on VHS a lot with um, Dirty Dancing. Mm-hmm. And I remember that it was on TV for the first time in the UK in 1989, mm-hmm. around at Christmas. I think it was the 29th of December it was on TV for the first time, at about 7 o'clock at night. So I watched it a lot on TV when it was edited. And I don't think this movie has ever been shown on TV uncut here. I don't think it ever has. It's usually now reserved for, say, like 7 o'clock in the morning, they'll show it. Which is insane to me. I have a soft spot for this movie. Uh, I rewatched it. It was the first time I've seen it in ages, but I just, like, especially the third act, I just think it's so sort of, um, I think it's sweet and I think it's cute. And towards, especially towards the end, I think it's, you know, I do find it amusing at times because I do think that Johnny Five is actually quite funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you said that you used to quote, your mother was a snowblower. I used to say, I'm standing here beside myself. <laughs> Before I realised that that probably wasn't a good thing to quote, <laughs> considering who it came from. But anyway, do you want to just get straight into the the problems then, Jen? And I'll start with mine. Okay. My first problem is, when the robot gives the doctor his drink, he says it's just the way he likes it, shaken, not stirred. Right? Mm-hmm. There's this really annoying loud laugh by one man. <laughs> it's just a bit... This laugh just sort of drowns out every other laugh, and it is very loud. I never noticed it as a kid, but watching it as an adult, I was like, what the hell? What's... It's not very good sound mixing, guys. So yeah, a stupid one for my first problem, Jen. <laughs> What's your first problem? Um, Look, I like Stephanie. Stephanie's a nice gal, okay? Uh-huh. I, I, you know, I like Ali Sheedy. Mm-hmm. This this director also worked with her. He directed her in War Games. Yep. Which is the one time we see her with long hair, I think. Um. Anyway, I, I like I like Stephanie. She's fine. But mm-hmm. she's not very smart. Okay. So I get why she might think he's an alien at first, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When she finds out he's a robot, she mm-hmm. loses her shit mm-hmm. and is super shocked. Right. She's not very smart because he's clearly a robot. 
I mean, and, and, and it's like that I wrote that down as my problem because I was really angry that she was so shocked and so upset. Like, like he betrayed her. He's a freaking robot. Mm. But also, I just feel like her character is very naive and not very bright throughout a lot of the movie. And I don't like that, seeing as how she's the one female character in the movie. Yeah, I've got a feeling this is going to be a recurring theme in her problems. <laughs> but I think she's shocked because she recognizes that he's from Nova. Mm-hmm. And she knows that Nova are warmongers. And yeah. she's more angry about that rather than him, you know, shocked at being a robot. I think it's more sort of like, you're a robot. You're from Nova. Fuck you. You know? <laughs> well, and why can't, why can't, I'm sorry. I, I hate to be this person. Why couldn't uh-huh. they have her say something like, to like talking to the people from Nova, like, I don't like your little war games like that. I, that's the kind of comedy I need in my life. <laughs> uh, but no, like it's things like, you know, when, the guys from Nova show up, like, I know Crosby didn't actually, like, double-cross her or anything, but she seems no. so shocked that he would, and it's like, dude works for the government. Like, what is she yeah. expecting from these people? Yeah. I just, I think she's really naive. She already knows that they're shady. Yeah. You know, she knows they're shady, so why why be surprised if she thinks Newton Crosby fucked her over when she, he's part of the, the company that she thinks fucks people over? It's a bit strange. Yeah, she's not written particularly well. And also, her taste in men. Yeah. <laughs> they even mention that, 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 this, that the guy that, her ex-boyfriend who is an arsehole, mm-hmm. um, that this isn't the first time she's dated arseholes. I agree with you. I just, when there's one female character, yeah, I need something better. Um, it's, you know, and it's something that, if I, I'm, I mean, my, my memory of this movie is a little fuzzy, but I, I feel like I remember even thinking that the last time I saw it, which, like, that's not the kind of thing I used to normally think about. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's bad if I was thinking about it when I was younger. That's true, yeah. It's only, like, it's only been in the last five or six years that I've really started to, like, take serious note of issues in movies. Like, it's too white, or the women are stupid, or whatever. So anything, I the earlier in life that I notice something like that, the bigger problem it is. Yeah. No, that's true. I'm actually surprised that that was your first problem because there's a, an elephant in the room regarding this movie. Is it one of uh, your official problems or are we just giving it a blanket problem label? No, I, I wrote it down. Okay. But if you were going to say it, I had another one that was also bad. Okay. I figured either you were going to say it or we would just <laughs> acknowledge that it is a, like, it is um a objectively a huge problem and you know that i think that kind of thing shouldn't always necessarily count as one of our problems because it's just so bad the thing is though and why i would argue against that is that when i was a kid i saw no problem in it whatsoever so now as an adult i see it as being problematic so it's problematic by today's standards which is our remit so that's why i think it should be included but if you haven't got it as one of your problems, Mm-mm. then let's just talk about it then. Okay. Brownface. Mm-hmm. Brownface. There's there's a man, an actor in Brownface in this movie, and he's a very stereotypical character. It's interesting, though. Here's here's the interesting thing, is that, first of all, he I should have written the name down, but apparently he looks exactly like some Indian actor who was big in Bollywood. So Mm. in India, people actually thought that guy 
was like making Hollywood movies now. Mm. He was convinced convincing enough that like first of all Aziz Ansari and Hari Kondabolu who are both um Indian uh, American Indian comedians they um American Indian or Indian American I don't even know. Um I don't know. I don't know. They they both grew up being happy to see the representation right, in a Hollywood yeah. movie with of of an Indian character because they thought they didn't realize he was white. And yeah. so it shows how convincing he was. And here's the thing. I think Fisher Stevens mm-hmm. had the best intention someone could in this mm-hmm. situation. He studied with a dialect coach. He studied mm-hmm. Indian culture. He lived in India for four or five weeks. Mm-hmm. He took it very seriously. He wanted yeah. to portray an Indian. Ca- and so, and, and he also is someone who is like, this wouldn't happen today and I wouldn't take this role today. So he is someone that I truly believe is genuinely regretful. And he's proud of this movie. He's proud of the work, but he also yeah. understands that this was wrong. And mm-hmm. I love that. I love that he, like, he's one of those people that has, he clearly didn't know. And right. he was also a young actor trying to get a job. It's interesting. Like, have you ever watched um, the documentary, The the Problem with the Poo? No, I haven't. You've mentioned it before, but I've, it, I've never watched it. It was made by Hari Kondabulu. It's really good. And I've listened to a lot of Indian actors talk about this. Like, there'll be actors like them or Cal Penn who talk about going to auditions and being asked to do an accent. And they will say uh-huh. that, like, they've walked out of auditions because they refused to do the accent. They didn't want to mm. give in to those stereotypes. But they also don't blame actors who do go ahead and do that because mm-hmm. they understand that when you're an actor, you need a job, you need work, you need a paycheck. And um, so they're not going to blame someone. And Aziz Ansari was mad at Fisher Stevens for a long time there was a he wrote an essay for new york times in uh 2015 um i mm-hmm. was when, when you hopped onto this call i was just trying to remember my new york times login so i could read it because i haven't read it in <laughs> years but um he was mad at him for a long time and then after talking to him he realized this was just a young actor getting work and that yeah. he he there wasn't anything malicious and that's what no, i think no. is really interesting about it because i mean blackface at this point they sh- or brownface any any kind of face, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> any kind of color, and then face that they should have known better. They, I mean, at this point, they should know, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but we also don't blame them, or many of us don't blame them if they didn't know, because we are we're still seeing people learn, right? And yeah. so it's one of those instances where it doesn't feel malicious. It doesn't feel bad. Like they apparently thought to make the character was white. And then I guess Bronson Pinchot made it pretty far. Like, I don't know if they offered it to him and he turned it down or if like they were just considering him. And I'm not even sure about Bronson Pinchot's ethnicity, but there was the whole perfect strangers thing, right? Uh, yeah. Where he played Balky. And so I guess something about him made them decide they wanted it to be um, an Indian character. And they just kind of went with it. Yeah. It's weird. It's really weird to me. I still don't really understand how they came to that decision and exactly why Bronson Pinchot, how that affected it. But um, I I definitely think it's the least malicious of all the um, black and brown face I've seen. Yes, but the problem I have with it is the way he speaks Mm. and the fact that he, um, he says things wrong for comedic effect. Well, and I think, and I mean, when we get into my second problem, we can get more into the specifics of the words that he says, um, yes. some of the lines that he has, um, because that's kind of a different thing for me. But I also, I get the feeling that while they probably rewrote some of the dialogue to make him, you know, Indian, to make him non-American, mm-hmm. I'm going to guess a lot of those jokes 
would have been said even if he was playing white character. And I think this movie, and I like, th- I do like this movie. I enjoyed watching this movie. I think it's got some pretty genuinely terrible dialogue. Well, I don't think I'm standing here beside myself would have been said by a white man. You know? It, <laughs> yeah, but but you know you know what I mean? There's like a lot the, of broken English jokes in there. Yeah, there is, and there's also well and and here okay, here's my problem with that. Like obviously it's offensive. Obviously the whole thing is offensive, right? Yeah. But my my big problem is like one of the jokes in the movie is um Newton asks him where he's from and he says uh Bakersfield and he's like where's your family originally from and he says Pittsburgh. Now look, yeah. that's a funny jo- somewhat funny joke. Um uh-huh. especially you know if you consider the fact that if you are brown uh in America, you are going to be asked where you're from yeah. even if you speak perfect English and have like a southern accent or something. Yep. But he has the broken English and he mm-hmm. has the accent. And I understand how that joke might work for someone, uh-huh. but it doesn't work for me because it makes absolutely no sense to me. Like because th- the the idea of the joke is that like he's only saying American places as though he and his family are, you know, I mean they are American. Uh-huh. Why the accent and the broken English? Well, I think that's supposed to be the joke. Really. But it's its just, my problem is it's not funny. I don't no, no, find I it funny. It doesn't make sense well, to me. My problem with that is, like, about ten minutes later, he says, he speaks about his country. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the exact line, but he speaks about his country. Mm-hmm. Um, so that sort of negates the original joke of him being from And America. I hate that. I hate that. That's, <laughs> like, I don't, I don't think a joke is worth it when you're being inconsistent like that. Yeah. It's it doesn't work for me and I feel like and and I understand that's how things used to be. This kind of shit like if I were watching that would that would be enough to make me like start to kind of hate a movie if I were watching it today because it's like mm-hmm. you can do better. I know right, you can yeah. I know in the 80s maybe you're not doing better, but in 2021 you can do better. Um so I give it the tiniest bit of leeway because it's in the eighties where like, I mean, these scripts are not always very good. Um, no, but like, that's the kind of shit I can't handle. But also remember that there's a short circuit too. Yeah. And Fisher Stevens is the star of that movie. And I don't remember that movie very well. Like I'm He's in the whole thing. I get the feeling if I watched that now and I haven't, you know, seen that since the eighties, I'd probably find that, um, I probably watched it as much as this, and I probably mixed the two up all the time since I don't remember right. them very well. Um, I, I actually maybe I should just go ahead and watch it because I'm curious. Because I'm not sure. Like there are things like I understand that I've seen Ghostbusters two more than Ghostbusters. Right. Because for some reason that was the one I always caught on TV. Like usually yeah. with movies and their sequel, I kind of understand my relationship with them. I have no idea what my relationship is. Um, like what the difference is between the two movies, the two short well, movies. Short Circuit 2 is in New York. Yeah, that my memory is so fuzzy. It's one of those things where if I sat down and watched Short Circuit 2, I'm, it might be all new to me, and I might think, oh, maybe I only saw it once. Or I could watch yeah. it, and even though I have no memory of it right now, it could turn out I saw it like 10 times and all of a sudden remember all yeah, the lines. Yeah. Um, that's how my memory works. We may include that. We might um, do that in a sequels month or something. Okay. Right. So my second problem then, since we just sort of le- tangented, but, you know, still mm-hmm. talking about the movie. This movie is a teeny tiny little bit sexist in the way the male characters talk about Stephanie. Okay, I'm going to lump your <laughs> second problem in with my second problem, okay? Okay. My second problem is the horniness of the movie. Yeah. 
And it is it is um Fisher Stevens character Ben. Yeah. 90% of the problem. However, yeah. I don't like the fact that it seems like uh Johnny 5 um yeah. wants to fuck Stephanie. Exactly. That's yeah. not No, 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 no. I'm, I'm with you. There's a lot of bad lines, but there were two towards the end that just really re- I had to write them down cuz they annoyed mm-hmm. me. And Okay. I want you to understand at this point for the for the last hour of the movie I'm on my stationary bike. I'm I am multitasking. I am doing yeah. my workout while watching this. So I am stopping my bike ride to write down entire lines. So it's a bigger deal I wrote these down than it normally would be. Yeah. Okay. Her pants are blazing for you. Yeah. Which honestly, I'm sorry as I said it I wanted to laugh. That uh. it's 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 anno- it's it was like offensive, but it's also really funny. Yeah. Um. And then, and this is the one that really, really got me. Uh huh. I am sporting an enormous Woody. Yeah. 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 I am I uncomfortable, <laughs> and honestly, Newton Crosby needs to go to HR. Yeah. He needs to go to HR, and he needs to talk to them about Ben, because Ben is not only talking to him about this woman in a sexual way and talking to him about sexual things, like ways that he should be sexual with her, but then he's telling him that this whole conversation about Newton possibly, you know, ramming his tongue down Stephanie's throat or whatever is giving him a woody. That is a fireable Yes. Or it should be a fireable offense. Yes. It's gross. And you know what? It doesn't even matter if they work together, honestly. Like... If your friend said that to you in that context, I would be like, your friend's a creep and you shouldn't hang out with them. Yeah. But I also had something else to add. It's not just the way that they talk about Stephanie, like, in the sexual. Mm -hmm. They also, and it's mostly Ben as well, but they also talk about her like she's crazy, you know? Yeah. Well, women be crazy. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But then the ex-boyfriend does it, and even Newton goes in and says a couple of lines about her as being crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, And she's, yeah, so she's crazy, but she's attractive, so it's okay, go for it, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, And as you said, even number five leers at her when she's in the bath. (laughs) And does she need to be in the bath? Do we no. need do we need our main female character to be in the bath? Our it's, only female character apart from the land the the next door neighbor lady. It's so frustrating. It it's is. it's so intensely frustrating. Um and I like Stephanie. Mm-hmm. Like I I like like I, first of all I Okay. I'm kind of conflicted because I want to be like, I hate how we treat people who want to rescue animals like they're crazy. Right. But then I also know people who, (laughs) we were actually talking, my parents and I were talking earlier today about an old neighbor we used to have that luckily she lives on a farm now. But I mean, she lived in like a regular house in our neighborhood with like a pretty small backyard and had nine cats and two dogs and chickens and goats and I, who knows what else I don't remember. She tried to get a permit for a pig, couldn't get it. Um, and, uh, seemed a little batty. That whole family took in way too many animals and, uh, they all seemed a little batty. So I guess I'm kind of arguing myself out of kind of that attitude. Right. But I feel like just because she gets upset about things, that's the thing is like, cause she gets upset at like, she gets upset at her ex and uh-huh. stuff like that. And like, she's in a really stressful, she, this whole movie, she's in stressful situations, right? Right. And, like, I feel like she's painted as kind of the shrill, crazy woman when it's like, uh, look at the shit she's dealing with and the way people are treating her. Mm-hmm. 
She's not crazy. She's normal. They're crazy. Um, But now I think's the time to get into my third problem. Um, So um, So we're done with the sexist part? No, just wait. Hold on. My third problem is uh, Stephanie is terrible at looking after animals. (laughs) Because she's got far too many kittens. Kittens. Not cats. Kittens in our house. And there's a kitten who was almost burned on the stove because it goes right up to the pot. And then there's a kitten when she's running the bath, sitting in the bath. You know, something just occurred to me. terrible at running... What? She gets so pissed when number five is, like, trashing her house. Which, Mm. like, I get. Like, obviously, you don't want to be trashing her house. She has a little, like, china set out on a table. First of all, why does she have a china set out on the table? But second of all, if she has all these pets, Mm. wouldn't that be a somewhat normal occurrence to have stuff knocked down all the time? That that china set would have been broken long ago. We have three cats. Yeah. And today, as we were recording, this is Father's Day. Uh And um, my kid bought my husband a bunch of cat items at the museum yesterday for Father's Day. One of them is this little cat fidget spinner that he was annoyed that he had to put it together. Dylan was. Because who wants to work on Father's Day? But anyway, so he spent some time, and apparently it was difficult to put put together. But anyway, so we come back back home, and uh, I put the bag on the table. Within 20 minutes, one of the cats has knocked the bag down and broken the fidget spinner. Like, cats break things. Cats break things, especially with other cats on them. Um, Like, I don't her house, why does she have precious things out? Like, we... I, I keep having to ask people to stop giving me flowers, which, like, who who knew people gave me flowers that often? I think they only do it now that I don't want it. Yeah. But we had to ask people to stop giving me flowers, because, one, flowers make cats sick. They'll try to eat them. Yeah. And then we... Anytime we have flowers, we try to put the vase, like, out of reach of the cats. And the last time I was given flowers, I thought I put them out of reach. I come in... And the vase had been knocked over and there's water all over my computer and keyboard. Like, they will knock down anything that is yeah. going to cause damage. Yeah. Um. Or, like, we actually have to put it on top of a coat rack. Yeah. That's really tall, like, to the point where, like, why don't we just throw them away? Anyway. Cats. You know, I'm a dog person. Here's, like, <laughs> I'm just, the more I'm talking about it, I'm just like, oh, cats are annoying. Is it I love cats. It? I love cats. I love cats, but, like, they have too much control over things. And right. I can't imagine, like, why would you have China out? No. Like, wouldn't you have a more immaculate house just because the cats would be breaking your fancy China all the time? Yeah. Also, why do you have the China? I have a lot of questions about the China. Also, why do you ha- you do, actually, yeah. Why <laughs> I really do. Why does she have all these kittens? Why is it kittens? There's not a single grown cat in that house. Because if kittens. it's a kitten, that means she's gotten it recently. So it's not like she's been slowly collecting these cats. Is she not getting these cats fixed? I, I, yeah. Ugh. Um, but no, I don't. Maybe but, I don't like Stephanie. But maybe, but maybe she's. Um, maybe, but. Uh, Jesus Christ! No, we 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 hear that she's been. Collected animals for a while, mm-hmm. right? It's it's she's had them for a long time. So has she had kittens that grown into cats and die? So she replaces them with new kittens. Is she just going around buying kittens? Is she going around mm-hmm. saving kittens? I mean, all these kittens must have been saved fairly recently for them to still yeah. be kittens. It makes no sense. And <sighs> the reason I wanted to include this is because. The script is right and Stephanie is a crazy cat lady. Mm. So that's still the sexism part of it. 
that it's so frustrating that these two male writers are still writing who's, who are giving Ali Sheedy who is a talented actress um, who has done movies before this the role of crazy cat lady who um, is only there to be leered at by men including a fucking robot uh, my third problem is me um, so I, I'm too cynical for this uh, movie um, and I don't know, I don't know what my problem is because like, okay, so, and the audio is messed up, so no one ever gets to hear it. But last week we did Harry and the Hendersons, right? Mm-hmm. I buy that. I buy Bigfoot. I buy Bigfoot in these people's house. Watch Lost Boys. I buy it. I buy the vampires. For some reason, I can't deal, even Terminator. I could buy Terminator. Yes. I can't, I cannot get behind this robot developing feelings now i can handle a robot thinking for itself i can and maybe maybe if this robot looked more like arnold schwarzenegger who knows maybe i would buy the feelings more i don't buy this i don't buy this robot with feelings the whole movie i'm like this is ridiculous and it doesn't line up with my feelings about most other movies, especially movies about robots. But for some reason, this entire movie, I'm just like, I don't get it. And I don't know. I don't know if it's a problem with me or if there's like something that the filmmakers could have done that would have better convinced me. Um, or maybe if they had concentrated more on like Johnny Five thinks for himself like not johnny yeah. five has feelings but johnny I five is alive and you know what wally well that's, i buy wally's that's feelings different. i don't is it we see wally having some sort of human emotions from the start like when he thinks he's run over his friend and stuff yeah right johnny johnny five gets hit by lightning right and then is magically, you know, alive and can think for himself and can have feelings. So yeah. I think I, I think it's different because Wally, which by the way, come on, this the Pixar stole the look of um, Wally from this. And yeah, it never yeah. occurred to me until just like when I just said Wally's name, I was just like imagining yeah. him, and, and also like, oh. and also the the, the voice. Because Wally sometimes just goes, and then that's what Johnny Five does well, at the start. So, and I was gonna say that maybe the difference is that in Wally we have Wally, and then the other robots look so different. Yeah. But then I remembered, like I also buy um, Eve <laughs> having feelings. Right. So there's some there's some sort of disconnect with this movie where I cannot buy it. No, uh, I, I like the movie. I enjoy the movie, and I do like Johnny Five. I just sit there thinking about how ridiculous it is. No, I, I understand because the way he gets, the way he gets his um, life is through what is it supposed to be divine intervention or something? Is it supposed to be like God giving them the 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 power of life? I don't understand. It's I don't just know. A, it's he gets hit by lightning, and then that's it. it it's not. It's not explained. We're and I don't remember having a problem with it when I was yeah. a kid. So I think part of it might be I think we've been spoiled with um, not only better filmmaking but better writing and better exposition mm-hmm. these days. You do for all the plot holes movies still have because it's it's hard to make a, a it's hard to make a movie so um, so fully like planned out like Home Alone, huh. right? 
Um, but these days they do think these things through, especially with the internet, because they know that on Twitter, they're going to pick everything apart, right? People are going to make YouTube videos, finding all the holes in the plot of a movie. So they work a little harder to, and I think in the eighties, they were just like, whatever, like they, they walk around all weekend with this Bernie guy and like, he's not going to start to smell. Yeah. Like they don't, they don't think about these things. Whereas like viewers these days are too even your dumbest viewers too savvy to put up with stuff like that we need explanations we need reasons for things happening or in the case of wally we honestly just need it to be such a beautifully made film that you're not going to question it you're just going to buy it but this movie as fun as it is it's not a masterpiece like wally let's get into my positive and my positive of this movie is it's a family movie and it's aimed, it is aimed at a younger audience, but it's also, you know, there's enough there for adults. Mm-hmm. But there's no- Like, like, like Ben's Woody. Yeah, exactly. But there's no children in this movie. Mm-hmm. And I like that. I like it when family movies don't force kids in to their plot, you know? You know what one of the best ones like that is to me? Mm. Uh, Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah. Napoleon, People yeah. don't think about that like a family movie, but I think one of the reasons it was so insanely successful, even though it didn't have any stars and it was just like this indie movie, yeah. it's because it was PG. Mm-hmm. It was like, it's not even like this where there's like sex jokes and stuff. That movie is 1000% innocent mm-hmm. and there's no kids. It's not presented like a family movie, but like th- it's a family movie. Yeah. I like it when family movies do that. You don't we need, need more movies like yeah, that. Yeah, you don't need to have children in a movie primarily aimed at children. This has a robot well, and, that speaks, you know? And a movie can be funny without, like, a ton of cursing, without sex, yeah. without, like, I don't want to sound like a, like a hardcore Christian, like half the people where I live. Yeah. But there is something about that where it's, like, like where it's just innocent and you don't have to worry. Because... Man, the stuff we watched as kids, I'll sit down with Xander and I'll be like, hey, Xander, let's watch Bill and Ted. Mm. And I think I'm going to show him this movie I watched when I was a kid. And first of all, he's not interested. Second of all, they say fag a lot at the beginning. They do. Like, I cannot sit down and watch these older movies with him without screening first. Because every time I do, I regret it. I mean, if I showed interest, would you have showed him this film? Honestly, at this point, if this kid showed interest in anything I liked when I was a kid, I would show it to him. I don't care if he was if he came to me and was like, "I want to watch." I mean, I didn't watch scary movies at this age, but if if he came up to me and was like, "I want to watch Scream," I'd be like, "Whatever." Like, if he showed interest in anything that I liked, yeah, because he does not, except for The Simpsons, right? And it's. And even then, when he watches The Simpsons by himself, because when we watch as a family, we make him watch in order. When he watches by himself, he's watching episodes we've never seen because they've been from the past like 20 years. Yeah. Um, which is fine. People say that show isn't funny anymore. They're stupid. Those people haven't actually watched it because I have yet to watch an episode that wasn't good. It may not be as good as like the fifth season or whatever it is that people love. But like that show's still solid. Plus, the jokes are fresh because you haven't seen the episodes a billion times. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I would let him watch anything, because you know what? The sex jokes are going to go over his head. Mm-hmm. 
Um, the stuff I watched when I was a kid, there wasn't a lot of nudity. And honestly, I curse like a sailor. And there's a certain point where I just gave up. Like, I, I mean, I didn't give up. I, I do still try to watch my language. But sometimes if I'm trying to get a reaction out of him because he's ignoring me, I will just start cursing just because it will get a reaction out of him. And it's hilarious. <laughs> I'm that parent. Okay. But I think it's kind of different in this case. See if Johnny Five didn't say shit, I think it would have been better. But he does. Um, he's responding to what Newton Crosby says. Yeah. But I still think that if they left him pure and mm-hmm. not have him say any swear words. Because he swears in the second movie. Oh, yeah. That makes more sense because he's in New York. And it's towards the end of the movie, he, he swears. So it makes more sense. Um, but, yeah. I, I like that this is a family movie that doesn't force a child into the plot. Yeah. Because we don't need that. No. Not all the time. Just like we don't need romance all the time. Yeah. Exactly. But we get it here and it's extremely forced. Um, yeah. And I'm sorry. I hate... I I don't want to be the person that keeps bringing this up. Right. Because I feel like I'm constantly bringing this up. Mm-hmm. Newton's on the spectrum, right? I didn't actually think about that before. You think so? Just a lot of the stuff at the beginning. And like, you know, like he never goes outside. And so just like how focused he seems to be on his job and stuff. And I, I don't know. There was just something about him where I was like, are we really really like... <laughs> Are there all these things that people used to think of as, like, quirky or odd behaviors where it's just, like, so they would write characters as being, you know, strange or whatever, and then it, and maybe they even had, like, like the, the, there were certain stereotypes where now we find out these stereotypes of people, whether it's in movies or real life. Well, I mean, stereotypes in movies are based on stereotypes in real life that, like, we're yeah. finding out those stereotypes were just people on the spectrum or people who were depressed or people who had terrifying anxiety or yeah. PTSD. <laughs> I don't get that from Newton. Okay. To be honest with you. It was just at the I, beginning. I didn't even think about it the rest yeah, of the yeah, movie, yeah. but it was a thought I had at the beginning. I just think he's, he just doesn't like going to parties. <laughs> okay. So, you know, he just doesn't like crowds, which I can relate to. So I think he, I don't think he's, I don't think he's as socially awkward as he could have been. Because he yeah, still he, talks to Stephanie. Yeah, he seems way more socially awkward at the beginning. I feel I feel like yeah. he had certain traits at the beginning that they just kind of abandoned. Yeah, possibly. Possibly. So what's your positive? Uh the movie has heart. Mm-hmm. I like a movie yeah. with heart. That's why that's why I like Fairly Brothers movies. Is because yeah. as as gross as they can get, they still always have heart. I and that's why I like Judd Apatow. And this movie has heart. Like it's you know, even Newton comes around eventually to like, like, you know, this robot develops fe- as, as much as I don't believe it, this robot develops feelings. And it's like, and you even see Howard, like, it, he seems regretful about, you know, the decisions mm-hmm. that have been made. And it's just, it's, it's, there's something about this robot that like brings these people together and kind of mm-hmm. changes them. And it's, it's sweet. It's a sweet movie. Yeah, I remember being devastated when he blows up at the end when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I remember that, like, hitting me hard. And then uh, he built... I mean, I thought, even now, even though I knew the twist and I knew that he built like himself out of all those parts, that's still quite well done. Mm-hmm. Because 
all those you you don't get close ups of those spare parts in the back of the van all the time. Mm-hmm. They're just sort of there in the background. You know what I mean? You'll see an arm hanging or whatever, and I think that's very cleverly done. That you can believe that he dies, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. That that he gets destroyed. Um, so I think the twist is quite, and I think that goes towards what you're saying about heart as well, because you know you, you, you're emotionally involved in this robot. Exactly. Even though you don't believe that he's alive, that he can be alive, because it doesn't make any sense. He's still likable, and he's still sweet, and he's still cute. And if, when he blows up, it's kind of like, oh shit, no, <laughs> please don't kill the robot. But um, but yeah, no, I agree with you. It does have a lot of heart. It's it's yeah. I, I remember the sequel being a little bit more sort of mean spirited, mm-hmm. which sequels do tend to do yeah. sometimes. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. A lot of heart. I like this movie, despite the the, the bad choices in writing and the female character <laughs> and um, the the brown face. Mm-hmm. It does have a lot of heart, and I think that's why I like it. If it was mean spirited, then you know. Yeah. And I, I mean, I like I said, like I, I love Ali Sheedy. I, I enjoy the Goot. I enjoy Steve Gutenberg <laughs> and even Fisher Stevens. Um, you know, because this is my first time seeing it since really understanding um, that that's a white guy and how offensive mm-hmm. it is and everything and watching it. I mean, I'm more offended by the sexual jokes than anything else. Mm-hmm. Like, he does a decent job. And I do respect the fact that even though what and I, you know, once again, as always, I have to make it clear, the bad thing is a thing that I think is bad and don't agree with and things shouldn't yes. have happened. But I like the fact that he took playing an Indian character so seriously mm-hmm. and that he tried to do it with respect and he tried to do it as correctly as a white man could. Yeah. Um, I think that there's something about that, like that he, he was an actor taking the role seriously. And mm-hmm. I, while I'm, I was thinking about this a lot earlier when I was watching it and um, I was thinking, which is better and which is worse. Um, the idea of like, like if like an Indian boy watching this movie feeling represented and feeling seen, but mm-hmm. then later finding out it was it's kind of a betrayal, right? Mm-hmm. Like, is it better that they at least grew up thinking this or is it worse that it turned out to be a lie? Right. Like, I'm really curious and I don't know. I'm I'm wondering if um like Hari Kondabulu or Izzy's Ansari or um I don't. I don't know if Cal Penn's talked about it before. Like, I don't know if any of them have said specific, like, if they, what their feelings are on that front. Like, obviously, I'm sure they wish it had never happened, but d- it must have done something for them, especially as, like, like somebody like Aziz Ansari, who's become an actor, like, it must have put an idea in his head that something like that was possible, right? And I'm just kind of wondering these kinds of things. Like, I'm, I genuinely am curious even though I'm, you know, I understand it shouldn't have happened that way. And mm-hmm. in a, in yeah. a, in a, in a perfect world, it would have been an Indian actor and anything mm-hmm. offensive would have been taken out. But is, was, was there good that came out of it? Right. Well, let me put it this way, right? It's like for us, it would be like, um, believing in Santa Claus. It's like when you're a kid and you believe in Santa Claus, you're happy. Mm-hmm. But then when you discover later on in life that he's not real, 
that it's devastating. Yeah. But that do- that doesn't negate all the f- the good times and fun and you know that you had when you were a child, thinking that there was this big man who comes down your chimney and gives you presents every year. That's a really good you way know? of putting it. Thank you. <laughs> no, that's, that's a really, really good way of putting it. Because I, 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 and I guess like I feel like that is a good way of putting it. Because I think about things like Buffy, right? That like mm-hmm. Buffy was, or even Alias. Like I recently rewatched Alias, and as you know, like because when that premiered, I was nineteen. So you know, mm-hmm. watching that as somebody in my um, in my late teens, early twenties, like having a kick-ass character like that, it was great. Mm-hmm. I loved having her. Um, and it makes you feel like maybe you could be a badass. And then I get older and I watch it and I'm like, Sydney's a fucking mess. And mm-hmm. they have her crying all the time. Yeah. And or something like Buffy, where it's like, even thinking about not just that she's a kick ass character, but like looking at the other characters and being like, look, she has this male friend who's so great. And that's nice. And then you get older and it's like, well, no, Xander's a tool. And he's like, mm-hmm. what? I'm supposed to applaud him because he didn't rape her the time he gets a chance or whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's, it is like when you're younger watching these things, they help you in some way. They help you feel empowered or like, you know, in the case of, you know, somebody like Aziz Ansari, like maybe that he could go be an actor or whatever. And then you get older and it's like, oh, that was problematic. That could have been done differently. That could have been done better. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. The Santa Claus thing really works for me. Out of everything you've ever said, that's the one that I'm probably going to remember the most. Okay. <laughs> that's good. That's good. I'm going to steal that. That's, yeah. I just thought about it. Right. Before we go, I just want to say... That Scroder, that's his name, isn't it? Scroder, the uh, G. W. Bailey's character. Mm-hmm. That for a large portion of this movie, he's actually right. <laughs> this is this is me being um, this is me defending the villains again. But I think Scroder is actually right because he has absolutely zero concept of this thing being alive. You know, yeah. he, he doesn't he doesn't know that lightning can strike something a robot and make it give it life and feelings and stuff. So Scroder is after a, an actual... It's a it's a piece of machinery. Yeah, but it's a weapon. Yeah. It's got a no, they need to it. get that that shit back. Like, mm-hmm. Ali Sheedy should not be with that, with that no. robot. And honestly, like, they should have done a better job of making us more scared of the robot killing her with lasers. Yeah, exactly. The bad guy was right in this. No, movie. the bad guy... And I love a right... A, a bad guy who's right. I prefer it when they're more likable. Like, um, mm-hmm. I'm... Th- look, Thanos isn't entirely unlikable to me. And Killmonger... Mm-hmm. Yeah, Killmonger had a point, yeah. Killmonger had a point, and then even, like, the villains on, um... Or some of the villains on Falcon and Winter Soldier and stuff. It's like, these people, they are... Yeah. They are socialists... Right? Weren't they socialists? I can't remember. The whole thing's ca- actually kind of fuzzy. And I was distracted with some emotional stuff while I was watching some of it. But they they, yeah. ha- they have good ideas. Um, maybe they don't always go about them in the right way. But uh, I do think they were right. I do think they yeah. were right about the, you know, because everyone coming back from the blip, everyone mm-hmm. who stayed um, is getting treated like garbage. Mm-hmm. Uh, because everyone else came back. I, I do agree with that, but, you know, murdering people is not the right way to go about it, you know? Um, and I also, I mean, I assume when we watch The Eternals that they are going to be heroes, but to me they are villains, because where were they? Yeah. Where were Who they? Who were they during the blip? 
They could have, they could have fought Thanos. They better have a good explanation. Captain Marvel, she had a good explanation for why she wasn't here. Yeah, she did. I've got she opinions was... about the Eternals. She was already. away out nurse end of nowhere. Aye. So, Jen, what is our next movie? What are we covering next? Drop Dead Gorgeous! Drop Dead Gorgeous from 99? Uh, 98, I think. 98. Okay, um, I was close. And you haven't seen it. Nope, I haven't. Which is one of the reasons why I picked it, because I'm curious what you'll... Th- I, I like I like it when we watch things with, like, your fresh eyes. Okay, <laughs> um, right, cool. And it's the uh, the film debut of uh, Amy Adams. Oh, is it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah and who would have known she would go on to be like the biggest star from the movie <laughs> i know right so that's all we have time for um if you'd like to follow me on twitter it's at drop the pilot pod uh uk is the website contact at uk is where you can send us feedback send us feedback because we like it um where can people follow you on the internet jen uh i at some point, sometimes tweet from at Pilot Inspectors on Twitter, and I have a party of five rewatch podcast called Closer to Free. Excellent. So thank you all for listening, and we'll speak to you all next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.